0: Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Today is part two and the conclusion of a great interview I recently had with Corey Carlson, author of two amazing books that will help you to win at home first with your family. In fact, that's the title of the first book, Win at Home. His second book piggybacks on this subject and is titled Rise and Go. Folks, this has been a great interview and I just don't have the time to play back a lot of what we talked about uh, in the prior episode. So if you missed... The prior episode i urge you to go back and listen to it in order to get the full value from today's conclusion amen all right let's jump back into the interview now with Corey carlson now you're the author author of Win at home first that was your first book tell us a bit about this book and why you wrote it
2: yeah as i, I mean, kind of mentioned a little bit earlier i mean i wrote I, I wrote the book Went home first i mean because i lost at home and in, in the particular evening uh Before we hit record, we were telling some, you know, we were sharing some stories, and you're sharing a couple stories of where you audibly heard God's voice. And, you know, did anyone else hear that? No, did just you? And I had this particular moment when I was in Denver, Colorado. We had moved there, and this particular night, I'm in a leadership kind of training. The pastor's talking. I'm loving everything he's saying. I'm taking all kinds of notes. And, out of nowhere, I hear this audible, you need to come clean up your affair. I was like, no, I don't. You know, that's a dumb idea. You know, we just moved to Denver. <laughs> yeah. I just got promoted, making more money than I ever have. Life is great. No, why would I do that? And as the argument, if you will, continues with you know God and myself, all of a sudden I end up hearing this phrase, you need to hand over your story for a greater story. Mm. And I was like, I, I didn't really know what all that meant. But I, um, I, I just, during the kind of argument, I started to have peace about coming clean of my affair. I drive home that night, and I had one last negotiation with God, and it was, hey, if my wife's awake, I'll tell her. If she's not, I'm not telling her. Well, she wasn't awake, so I didn't tell her. <laughs> Amen. Um, but the next morning, um, I just felt this prompting. I, I, I got to do it. I've got to you know, proceed with this. So I ended up telling her and it, uh, it was not cupcakes and balloons. It was awful and just a disaster. I mean, just, and rightfully so it should have been. But we did have this you know, great long process of restoration. But in that phrase, hand over your story for a greater story, a few years later, as I'm now you know coaching and helping people, I start hearing another audible in my quiet time that I should write a book hand over your story for a greater story, share with others your ups and downs. So other business leaders can hear it. And I just, I was like, no, I'm not a writer. I'm a civil engineer by degree. I'm a sales guy by career. I am not a writer. I'm not doing it. That's a crazy idea. (laughs) Within a couple of weeks, almost every one of my clients had said, you should write a book. I mean, it was just (laughs) the oddest thing. So I started writing some blogs, started writing some things and, Ended up hiring a writing coach and taking my blog mess and st- structured it into a book. And, you know, went home first books in four parts. The first part is you. like Do you understand your identity and understand living in the, you know, priorities? And the second part's on marriage, about forgiving, about pursuing your wife, about communication. The third part is about parenting, having fun with your kids, but also challenging and disciplining them. And then the last part's on work. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's basically those four parts, which I believe is the flow of life, right? It's it's from you, it's to your marriage, then to parenting, and then to work. So that became the book One Home First, published in 2019, and it's opened all kinds of incredible doors that I've either been able to coach people or speak, but then I know it's also impacted people that I'll never hear from. And my hope in that book is not only give them tools to recalibrate and fix their life, Bob, but also... The reason I share my you know my mistake is you know I'm not defined by that mistake or any other mistakes Amen. I've made or Amen. any mistakes the listeners have made I'm not defined by that and God is not done with me because I did some stupid stuff. Yeah. Instead Amen. God is using me and taking my mess, you know my mess. We've heard the phrase take your mess and turn in your message or your pain in your platform. But that's real. I mean, that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. Is I'm just yeah. I'm taking all that junk and sharing it with others when it's you know a, you know applicable and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to help them so they know that they're not defined by a, a, a financial mistake they made, a relational mistake they made, a, a time that they were too aggressive go pursuing a business dream, or they're too passive pursuing something. Then they're not defined by that. Now it's an opportunity to move forward to what God has has for
1: us. Amen. Amen. How do you explain to your clients why it's important for them to win at home first? What is the bottom line on that? If you can sum it up in like one sentence.
2: In order for success at work to be sustainable, we've got to win at home first.
1: Mm. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. You know, just I mean, just from yeah. a story standpoint. Mm. Maybe there was a time in life, like the Industrial Revolution or whatever, you'd get in a fight with your spouse in the morning, you go off to work and just totally forget about it. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know how you could do that in today's right. with text, with you know, people wear smartphones or smartwatches. I mean, if you get in a fight with your spouse or a disagreement at 7 a.m., you're going to be thinking about it at your 9 a.m. meeting. Whether you're having a meeting and you think you're bringing your A game, but all of a sudden you kind of get this text that's from your spouse. It's one last jab from the fight in the morning or or you're going about your day and you get a nasty text or something of disobedience from your teenager. Whatever it could be. And then come here three o'clock. Now, as you're winding down your day, you're starting to actually think about your reentry in your home. Like, oh, if she says this, I'm saying that. And then if she says that, I'm saying this. Yeah. And so yeah. before you know it, if you're losing at home, it it has a ripple effect into all of your work. Yeah. And 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 what I've also noticed is the wins at work don't feel as good if you're not winning at home. Like if I have a big win at work and Holly aren't and I aren't doing very well, I come home and say, "Oh man, I just did this amazing podcast with Bob today, great conversation." She'd be like, "Well, good for you. You haven't been around the house much lately." <laughs>
1: Yeah, amen, amen. And it's just I like, agree. wow, but if I have
2: a good win at work and at home, then we can celebrate it. We can talk about, oh, cool. Amen. That's awesome.
1: Amen, amen. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Now, your most recent book is Rise and Go. Now, this book is more of a, quote unquote, motivator of sorts to to handle the tough times when things aren't going well to rise and go forward, basically, to to keep pushing for the victory. Why did you write this book, Rise and Go, and publish it at this time in your life and career?
2: Yeah, yeah. I I talked about went home first and the success it was having or had and doors it opened, and then I had another nudge from God of, hey, you you should go all into coaching. You should pursue that path. Well, I wasn't as obedient. (laughs) I was scared. At the time, I was 40 years old, and I'm like, no way am I going all into coaching. I'm going from a high salary, president of sales, title, all this fancy stuff. I'm not going down to the bottom and be a starting coach at 40 with three kids. That's, what if it fails? What if it's a disaster? So I didn't have the guts to quit and start my own coaching business. So August of 2016, we are owned by a private equity company. And we're we're just basically similar to your story of kind of getting right sized. What ended up happening is we got rid of some territories that weren't performing. If you get rid of enough territories, salespeople, you don't need a president of sales anymore. (laughs) Therefore, that was me. And so I got terminated. But I got a four month severance package. And I called my wife. We didn't do Disney World, but I called her. She's in a parking lot of a nail salon with our two daughters. And says, uh, and kind of, because school's about to begin, because this is August. And so school's about to begin. She can get the kids' nails done and do nails, you know, her own nails to kind of celebrate kicking off school. She's like, should we we leave? I said, don't leave. Get your nails done. Have fun. I feel good about this. I'm going to pursue it. So we agreed. Four months hustle. And you you know kind of you know use that severance package and if I can get co- if we can get coaching going then we'll do it well thanks to god's provision it worked got it to Brainstyle. about 50 percent of my income and then uh, found a, 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 a new friend if you will who uh, owned a manufacturer company I helped him with sales for the other 50 percent and then over time it was 75 25 and then 90 10. so come March 1st 2020. We felt we saw all the green lights, like God was giving us all the signs to go all into coaching, right? Hey, you know, I gave you that severance package, and then we did the 50-50 together, then the 75-25, and the 90-10. I just it felt like a partnership, and here we go. So March 1st, we go all in, we get our own insurance. It's going to be awesome and amazing. Well, March 13th, 2020. Mm. Which you know happens to be a Friday the thirteenth. I'm not a superstition guy, but man, it's a pain in the uh, butt that it was Friday the thirteenth because it's just weird. Yeah, travel's done. You know, travel lockdown because of COVID. It stops. Thirty five percent of my revenue was gone. I was I was scared. Yeah, I was I was frustrated. I mean, I was frustrated even at God. I mean, my quiet times weren't necessarily that quiet. (laughs) I mean, I was. I was journaling, I would cry, I would get mad. I'm just like, what happened? Like, I God, I thought this was, you know, a thing we were doing. And all of a sudden it's gone. So I, I was in a valley. And over the course of the next few months, people, God, other things just started coming, Scripture started coming into my life with different verses. I then had guests on my podcast that had cool stories of resilience and it just, I, I started accumulating some of this content, if you will, you know, and on the cover of the book is this graph, like up into the right, you know, we, we all love graphs that go up into the right, right? We want all of our financial graphs to go up into the right, but they're never a straight line. There's peaks right. and valleys. And, and I was in one of those valleys. And when we're in those valleys, the devil tells us, Hey, you're always going to be here. This is just who you are. Yeah. You screwed up, bad husband, bad wife, bad whatever. That That's just you. It's who you are. And so the devil's always trying to tie our identity to our most recent valley and keep us there. And so I was just getting this just kind of refreshing sense of peace and everything from God that that's, that's not where I am. Instead, look how far I've came. Amen. We at, we do have some coaching business going. Yeah. and But look how far we get to go. And so I put together this, this content, if you will, and I started thinking of it, ladder rungs to get me out of that valley to the next peak. So Amen. then in 2021, I was sharing this content and this idea with my clients, kind of battle testing it. And as it worked for them, I was like, man, there, there's a book here for others to use. I just, so I did. I put together a book and, you know, 10 chapters on the idea of rise. We have to, you know, build the courage to get back up right out of that valley but then the next 10 chapters are on go, go forward with confidence. And mm-hmm. so th- that's been the book. It just was published a few weeks ago. And
1: Crazy it, it's
2: been great to get feedback on both the keynote yeah. and the, you know, the workshop, but as well as just the book itself and how it's having some impact to people. As Bob, as I say in the book, and I firmly believe it, is all leaders get knocked down.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's yep. just the great leaders get back up quicker.
1: That's right. So what
2: could your life look like if next time you got knocked down, you got back up quicker? And that's my my belief is there's things in this book that, well, they did, in fact, help me get up quicker. And I've used this book since it's been published. (laughs) We just had a a super-duper bad week about two weeks ago. Father-in-law had a stroke. Mm. Broken windshield in our car. Had to get new tires as well. They were not related, but uh, had to get new tires. And then my daughter, my uh, middle child, is a competitive gymnast, and fell from the bars and mm. hurt her leg really bad. That's going to re, uh, require some minor surgery. Like all of this was happening, and uh, so I, I went to to some of the tools that I have in that book for myself. Amen. And so it just—it's one of those deals where we all will get knocked down. And so it's, hey, what do we use to get back up? And I know at some point, um, you know, we, we don't know where to turn. And this is a resource amen. to help people to look to. It's got scripture amen. in there, some good stories. So
1: amen. I'm getting excited uh,
2: talking about it, Bob. Sorry. Amen.
1: Praise God. No, this is good. This is good. You know, uh, just a quick side note. My, you know, when I used to get knocked down in the military, I guess you could say, you know, when things didn't go right, you know, my motto was that which does not kill me will only make me stronger. You know, because you learn from the mistake, you don't make it again, at least not intentionally, or try not unintentionally, but you learn from it. And next time a situation arises, you already got the plan figured out. You know, you know you don't choose A, we're going with B this time, you know, type thing. You know, so absolutely. I know, yeah, praise God. Now you have something in your book called the Rise and Go Manifesto. What is that?
2: Yes, well. Um, I'm not the first person to ever come with a manifesto. People have been doing manifestos for for decades. And so I I knew there was power in reading something, you know, a few times a week. You know, some people may read something every single morning. And so I just kind of want a customized version of it. Like that that talked to me. And so I kind of I, I put together a Google Doc and just started having these different parts of things that I wanted this. Rise and Go Manifesto to say to me. And I've worked with clients and we've customized to make one for them. And at the back of the book, I give the framework for the eight different parts that it is. And the first part's an identity prayer. Like it's a prayer that I firmly believe it's words that God is saying to me that, you know, they may not mean much to you or to the listener. If they read, I'm like, ah, that's okay. So instead it's, well, what's your prayer? Make that part of your part one manifesto. Like to me, it's... Man. Uh, mm-hmm. a forgiver of my sins like i need to know and be reminded that my sins have been forgiven because if I, if i'm not careful the devil on a bad day will you know kind of try to you know poke me that you know some of the mistakes i've made in my life provider uh, you know god being the provider for me that's a big thing because of, you know, i can have a scarcity mindset due to some you know financial woes in my life whether it was when my mom passed away and i was in high school And the kind of the things my dad had to do as a single parent for a while, you know, sacrifices that had to be made financially, even to my adult life where I bought a bunch of real estate right before the recession. Don't buy a bunch of real estate for the recession, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. It went bad. We almost had to file bankruptcy. We did not thank the Lord. So it's just things like that, that I needed my identity prayer. The next is an identity bio kind of who I am as part two and like what I do. And I've written these books and, uh this these are my clients, and those type of things, and it, it, maybe on the surface it may sound braggadocious, but they're just facts. I mean, there's nothing braggadocious about it, just facts, but it helps me get back in the groove, of, yeah, this is who I am, you know the devils tell me I'm a loser, and I'm not good enough, and I'm not qualified, but here in this paperwork, I can see how God is you know qualified to called.
1: Yeah, amen.
2: And I have clients, and I have these things, and so it helps me kind of get fired up and get you know get excited. And so it's that there's you know obviously six more parts. There's a part on there that I love. God has a night shift. I talked about that earlier. Yeah.
1: yeah. But
2: I have stories in there that only God could orchestrate.
1: Praise God.
2: Like no matter how many LinkedIn posts I do, or podcast interviews I I may do, or whatever, or books I hand out for free, or whatever it is I amen. do. Yeah. I met a guy. In California, at a conference, who happens to live in Germany, good conversation. He goes to Germany, talks to a publisher, and I went home first was published in German. Mm. All because yeah. of some weird thing. I couldn't have orchestrated yeah. that. That's a God thing. Exactly. God has a nice shift. And so I got cool little stories in there, and we all have them.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, I'll have clients, when they get a good win or something unique has happened in their business, I'm like, write it down. Yeah. Praise God. You just got an amazing project that came out of nowhere. You told me it came out of nowhere. Write yeah. it down. So the yeah. days you're in your funk, you can be like, oh yeah, that project we got, or this new employee we got out of nowhere. Because we've we have got there's days where we just got reminded of God's goodness in our life. And that's what this Rise and Go Manifesto is is to remind me of God's goodness in my own life. Because unfortunately, we all forget, and I know I especially can forget.
1: Yeah, amen. You know. I have a story about, you know, when things were going so well, you know, business, ministry, whatever, you know, and when the we, I told the story before we started the recording about how evangelism radio got started, and I mean, it just took a rocket ride up to number one in, in the world and the charts, and I was being invited to speak at churches and, and different things like that about the radio station, how we developed it and all that, and one day I was praying, I said, Lord, why me? why did you bless me like this? You know I mean? Why me? I just want to know why me. And Jesus has a way of answering your question, but making you feel humble at the same time, but not feel bad about yourself. And when I said, why me? It was just so clear. You talk about the audible voice. I heard this audibly, at least on the inside of me. I said, you weren't my first choice. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I wasn't your first choice to do this. Oh, oh, yeah. He says, you were just the first one to obey. And I was like, oh, cool. Ooh, wow. You know, I say, yeah, okay. And sometimes I wonder how many people he told to do what we're doing today. And they missed it. Yeah, I'll do it later. And they just never went to it, you know but he told me to do it. We did. And the result is everything that's been happening since 2009 uh, to this ministry. And, uh, but yeah, I, I sometimes I think back to that, that conversation though, because, you know, he answered a question. He made, he humbled me. Like, it's not because you're some great speaker or nothing like that. You are just, you know, you weren't the first choice. I had other people that were ahead of you. You know, he said, but you were the first one that actually took up the mantle and went with it. So that's where the blessing is. You know, is in obedience. So that's, that's
2: a cool, that's a cool story. And that'd be one of those you, you that you'd write down right in the absolutely. manifesto because on your yeah. on your bad days you you just you kind of forget those stories. They, yeah, at least they're not yeah. top of mind because pain is a top of mind or. Yeah. Despair or discouragement is top of mind, and you can't really think of the good stories.
1: Yeah, amen, amen. And you share that people should mark and remember moments when God's provided for you. I mean, you know, and you explain the importance of that in your book. Are there, are there other examples you could give?
2: Yeah, so I mean, in the Old Testament, there's the Ebenezer idea, the word of Ebenezer is God is with us when he helped the battle. So if someone had a big battle and they beat an enemy, they would make a, a stone altar of sorts and call an Ebenezer to remind them, hey, God helped in this battle. Mm. So as I kind of learned that idea, I just was like, hey, I, I want to do that for my own life to remind. Mm-hmm. So in my office, I've got cool things that have happened, whether you know, a big part of my story, being a professional engineer, I've got my professional engineering stamp. Mm-hmm. That if I go, you know, I well, I, I could at one point stamp drawings, and you know, they were designed by a professional engineer. Well, when I was transitioning from corporate, where I needed that stamp, into coaching, there became this part. I was reading about, uh, you know, in Second Kings, talking about King uh, Joash, where he was in a battle, and Elijah was telling him, "Hey, take your arrows out of your quiver." shoot one out the window and shoot the rest in the ground. So King Joash took one arrow as commanded, shot out the window, but then he only shot three into the ground. And Erwin McManus, an author I really like in his book, The Last Arrow, takes that story and just expands it. Basically, hey, what is the arrow in your quiver that you're holding on to? Just just in case God doesn't show up and you're going to need that one arrow in battle. So I'm reading this book and I'm just convicted, like I'm holding on to my professional engineering license. I'm paying money to get it renewed. I'm taking different tests and things to get it renewed just in case coaching mm. doesn't work out. Mm. Yeah. And I, at that moment, I was like, I'm, 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 I'm terminating my license. I'm not renewing it. So on my shelf behind me is my license, or is my stamp. Mm-hmm. I still have it. It's it obviously doesn't work anymore because I don't I'm not an active licensed engineer, but I keep it as a reminder that God got me from corporate into coaching. And so mm-hmm. I have that. I've got a couple rocks from quiet times in Montana that I felt God just said some really cool, affirming things. So I, I took the rock. So <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> sorry, Montana, Amen. but I've got a couple <laughs> cool rocks in, in my office. I've made plaques. Um And and, or different pieces of art that are symbolic to moments in my life. And so I encourage listeners, if there's ever been something crazy cool that's happened, memorialize it. Like, how can you mark the moment where God showed up in your life so that you can remember it?
1: Yeah, amen, amen, amen. That's awesome. Tell us about your podcast. We'll get right close. Tell us about your podcast.
2: Yeah. Uh, April 2020, I seem to do a lot of things in April 20, you know, in that uh, March, April 2020. But leading up to April 2020... I um wanted to have a podcast. I'd to all these podcasts about business owners and how they grew their business. And I would kind of hang up the or you know, turn off the podcast, and be like, okay, great. How did you do that and keep your marriage intact? Where was your faith along the way? How did you not put on a hundred pounds? And I just was like, Hey, how did they do it? And I couldn't really at the time find podcasts that answered those questions. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna do it. So the podcast is called Went Home First. And I just interview business leaders, and we you know, we, we talk b- quite honestly, briefly about their success and their company, how they did it. But then it's like, uh, hey, how are you being intentional at home Amen. while you still travel for business? How are you finding time with your kids? When's your quiet time? How do you handle the days when your mindset's low? Mm-hmm. And we just talk about it, and it's it has been you know just like this conversation. I mean, they're life giving to talk to. Yeah, you know, someone and, and just hear their stories. And so, you know, just getting to hear your different stories before we hit recording and even yeah. as we record, it's just, it's cool to, to learn from others.
1: Absolutely. I, I find it a like, that's one reason why I love doing these interviews as we said before the recording, every story is different and you can always glean something from every story, you know, and, and from every interview, I learn something and it, it's just, you know, God providing, you know little tidbits along the way that has brought us to where we are today i mean you know i i, I had a I still have a, a coach that helps us take these thoughts and ideas and transform them into something that works you know and uh, it's it's so important for the coaching and and to as you said take these moments write them down so you can go back and refer to them when so, wow, how come nobody's asking for interviews? You know, is this season over? You know, you're, you know, when you go back and then you see where you started, you know, seven episodes in an entire year to where we're doing, you know, four, five, six episodes a week sometimes, you know, you see, no, your season's not over, you know. I mean, even the major league, you know, slugger of the year, he very rarely will be a 400 hitter you know
2: oh yeah it's a hall of fame year right there yeah
1: that's a yeah exactly usually it's in the low like 320s or something like that maybe 340 that means 75 percent of the time or 65 percent of the time they're out (laughs) yes it's wild uh, amen amen Corey, this has been so interesting and and i know there are some listeners out there right now that want to know how they can obtain a copy of your books Are, are they available on amazon
2: they are. They are both uh, available on Amazon in ebook and you know paperback. Win home first is also on Audible. Okay. I've not got into the studio to do rise and go yet, but win home mm-hmm. first is Audible. So yeah, they're both they are both available there.
1: Amen, amen. If someone has a question and would like more information on your coaching programs or have you come speak at a conference or a meeting, how can they get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, I would. I would love that. I would love to share this information to help. To help listeners, for sure, com is my website. It's got information to contact me there. It's got podcasts and, and speaking and coaching. All that information is right there. And I also have a weekly email I send out to, to readers.
1: Amen. Amen. I'll put links to all this down in the show notes below. Folks, even if you're not a high-level executive, the information contained in Corey Carlson's books, When at Home and Rise and Go, will definitely – provide you with the information you can use in your daily walk in life. I mean, no matter what your career, you can always improve, but you do not want to be successful in business and forsake your family or your relationship with God. Amen. In Mark 8, 36, Jesus says, what does a profit a man to gain the whole world and lose your own soul? But don't be that type of person. Achieve that work-life balance. Start today, by going down into the show notes, getting in touch with Corey Carlson. While you're in the show notes, click the links right there to order one or both of his books, Win at Home First and Rise and Go. Don't wait till later. Do it right now while you're thinking about it because you know as well as I do that the devil just love for you to wait till later so he can distract you and make you forget all about it. Don't do that. You'll benefit. You'll draw closer to God. Your, your family will benefit. Uh, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. You know what I'm talking about. Praise God. So don't listen to the voice of the devil. Listen to the Holy Spirit prompting you right now, through my voice, go down the show notes, click the links right there. Corey, thank you so much for coming on the program today. I do appreciate it, brother.
2: Bob, thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation and appreciate what you what you're doing.
1: Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today for Corey Carl Smysellas, passes by Ryan, and you'll be blessed in all that you do.